0: Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Have you ever been angry with God? If you answered yes and you returned to Him, do you know that's a sign of real faith? To be upset with someone and still love them is a sign of true love. Sometimes real faith is developed in the worst times of our lives. God often uses the difficult seasons of your life to grow and develop a deep faith in you. When you're on the other side of it, you probably won't want to experience it again, but you'll be grateful to God for it. Daniel chapter eight brings us to such an experience. To learn more and prepare yourself, here's Pastor Jim to conclude his message, I Can See Clearly Now.
1: We'd rather face God than you. We'll put ourselves in God's hands, not in your hands. We're not going to do what you say. Now, it's quite possible that these people were helped by what? Daniel chapter 8. 400 years in advance, they're, they're reading this thing going, oh my, this is what we're living through. This is the time. This fits this guy exactly. You see, they were people who were, these holy people were people who were ready to live in times of evil as in well as times of triumph. Now, let's be honest. No doubt many of us would like times to be different than they are right now. I mean, you fill up your, your, your car and you're like, What? you're thinking like, did you guys rig the meter or what's the deal, man? You check out at the grocery store. You're like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So you so you wish things were different right, than they are right now. A lot of people do. Even some of the people who might feel differently politically than you do. I don't know how you feel. Some of you, on, you got people on both sides in this church. But even, even people on, on on the side that's in power now is like, what are you doing? What are you doing? But here is a a key soul-searching question. Remember I said God is in control. So he's somehow in control of all this. God is in control of a world where much that happens he hates. God is in control. You don't like what's going on. Here's the key question, soul-searching question. Do you want a different God? Very interesting, last, cent, last, last, last service, a round of no's. This service, hmm, I got to think about that one. Do you want a different God? No, I don't. Then please listen to what I have to say. By accepting the plans and purposes of God, you can, C-A-N, can, can, Live through tough times without losing your faith. You can. Now notice what I didn't say. I didn't say it would be easy. Daniel doesn't say it's going to be easy. You don't see Daniel writing, well, if you think this is bad, you should have seen what it was like for us when Nebuchadnezzar came to Jerusalem. He doesn't say that at all. Comparing people's difficulties is a silly thing. It's a silly thing. It's real to you. But by accepting God, by not wanting a different God, by accepting His plans and purposes, you can live through tough times without losing your faith. We cannot underestimate the importance of this. Thinking that if you have faith means you will have no trouble is a false gospel. It is not true. In chapters 1 through 6, if you were with us, did Daniel have great faith? He had great faith. Did he suffer? I don't know. I think about being thrown into a lion's den as a little bit of suffering. And now he sees that faithful people in generations to come will suffer too. You know, maybe, and I don't know, but maybe our belief in a faith that's only filled with health and wealth and everything is easy and everything goes the way I want it to go and all the sin that's in the church is why we're in the place that we're in. I'm I'm not pointing the finger at any of you. I'm just saying that you just read about, you read any of those church news feeds every week. I'm like, you're kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. What are these people thinking? What are they, what are they doing? I was, I was speaking to a guy recently, and he said to me, well, I, I believe it was a business call. We're on a Zoom call, and, and, he, and, and I'm the client, so I could get away with being nasty. Um, so I, I said, it was like, um, I just think if you, if you do everything the right way, that you have every reason to expect that God will make it come out the way that you want. I said, really? I said, would you like to do a quick little Bible study with me? He's like, okay, sure. I said, go grab your Bible. He goes, well, I don't know if I can find it. I said, don't worry. Whenever I talk to anybody on the phone or on a a business call, I've always got plenty of work to do on the side. (laughs) So he came back two days later. No, he came back a little while later, found his Bible. I said, open to the book of Hebrews. He said, where's that? After he was bragging to me about how great his faith was, he said, where's that? And I've had a lot of people tell me that stuff over the years. So, so, so I said, open to the book of Hebrews. So uh, I said, let's, "Let's it's called the Hall of Faith. Let's skip over the first, part of the, the first part of the chapter, talking about all the great victories that people had, people who would believe, as you said, and, um, and so I said, let's pick up reading at verse 35. And, and I want to ask you how you deal with this. Women received their dead raised to life again. That sounds pretty good. Does that sound good? That sounds good. That sounds good. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Well, that doesn't sound very good, does it? That's the holy people in Daniel chapter eight. That's been so many people throughout the ages. They say more martyrs died in the last century than all the other centuries combined. Still others that had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, in chains of imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, and then that unbelievable phrase of whom the world was not worthy i mean could you could you imagine could you imagine you're in heaven and you knew this was going on to some of these people and god going to yeah the world is not worthy of those people and we're crying they might raise our taxes 2% listen i think the government wastes the money don't get me started on that But God looks at certain people, the tremendous amount of faith that they have in difficulties, and says, this world, this place, not worthy of them. I got another place for them. They're out of place in this world. He said, they wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. I mean, this is the real soul-searching challenge. When I read this chapter, (laughs) And I, this is a chapter I read a lot. I don't know why. But I ask myself, do I really believe? Do I really trust Jesus? When I think of some of times of some of my reactions when things are not going the way I want them to go. I mean, think about it. Do we, do we, do we live mainly for earth and sort of hope for eternity? I mean, if you live that way, you're not going to have a life of joy. Oh, you'll have your ups and downs and your happiness here and there, but you're not going to always have that life of joy that's even behind your greatest sorrows. Daniel was a man of real faith. Daniel understood, the older he got, that he was going to die in Babylon. Remember we said last week they would sit by the river and cry, longing for Babylon. Daniel knew he was going to die in Babylon, and he knew that others, even when they got back to Jerusalem, based upon this vision, were going to have it really tough too. And in times of trials and trouble, real faith turns to God. Listen, I know you might be angry at God for a while. I know that. You ever get angry at God? Very spiritual people. I do all the time. I do all the time. I can't tell you how many times when I've said, I say to Him, I do not have a clue what you're doing. And God's like, I didn't ask you to have a clue. I asked you to trust me. That's what I asked. But you read the Bible writers a lot of times they are tweaked at God, man. they are mad at him. Read the Psalms. They're yelling at him at the beginning. Sometimes, I grew up in a faith where you're told you're never allowed to be mad at God. When I'm doing one of those kinds of services, and I know that's what the audience is full of, I tell them, I grew up in a faith that was told you're never allowed to be mad at God. Nobody ever told the Bible writers, apparently. Now, at the end, they're like, yeah, you're right. Sorry, I get it. it." Okay, but listen, sometimes you get mad at God. But real faith returns. So you say, I've been mad at God many times in my life. Do I have real faith? Did you return to him? Real faith returns. You see that in the Bible. Now, here's the thing. To get to real faith, a lot of times, involves a big crash. Your life becomes totally unraveled. Things just, you just, it just blows up. And and at that time, you know your only hope is Jesus. That's real faith. Sometimes people say to me, I'm almost at the end of the rope, Pastor Jim. And inside I'm smiling going, yes, I know, I know. Inside, I'm going, God, would you grease that rope so they get to the end of it quickly, please? (laughs) Because you know at the bottom of the barrel, there's only two people, and it's you and Jesus, and that's it. When you hit the bottom of that barrel, the place where nobody goes, the place where you don't even want to go inside your soul, you know he's there with you. It's also true to remember You don't need everything that this world says that you need to have real faith. Not at all. Not at all. In fact, getting it all or living to get it all may actually hinder your faith. Let me give you an example. I owned businesses. I know a lot of business owners. I know a lot of wealthy, I knew a lot of wealthy, wealthy, crazy wealthy business owners, crazy wealthy business owners. Lots of them. Hundreds of people working for them, thousands of people working for them. I know a lot of people who have money, but I know way more people that money has them. And a lot of them are poor. It's very rare to meet a person who has money who doesn't hold on to it so tightly. Those who open their hands, well, God seems to just keep putting more in. You see, God knows that tough times will challenge our faith. That's why he tells us this stuff in advance. You know, Jesus did too. We move about 585 years into the future from Daniel. And Jesus and apostles are at the Last Supper. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have been to the Last Supper with Jesus and the apostles? Listen, I've got a couple people raising their hand, much better than last service. Let me tell you something. The next time you read through the Gospels, you grab a seat. You grab a seat. Don't worry. If they don't like you, they'll kick you out. When you read the Bible, get into the story. Get into the story. Say to yourself, what do I have in common with these people? That's what I think of all the time. When I read the Bible, I read the Bible and I go, okay, what do we have in common with those people? So how can I get to the message that God is trying to give? People meet me at the door, where do you get this stuff from? I go, I rip off Jesus, I rip off God. I look at what the people are going through, and then I think, oh, well, we're going through the same stuff. That's what the message is. So when you're reading the Bible and they're in the boat with Jesus, don't be like, oh, look at them in the storm. Get in the storm. So let's pull up a seat at the Last Supper. We're sitting there with them. And we're listening to Jesus. And in John 15, Jesus says this, hey, the world hates me. And if you follow me, they're going to hate you too. Not everybody, but a lot of people are. Oh, no, Jesus, I'm going to be the cool Christian. That ain't going to happen. You ain't cool. (laughs) Jesus says, they're going to hate you. They hated me. They're going to hate you. Now, you say to yourself, why would Jesus tell them that? Why does Jesus do this? Well, as we roll into John 16, he tells us why. John 16, beginning in verse 1. Jesus speaking, these things I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. Some of your versions say fall away. When? When people hate you. When people mock you. Verse 2, they will put you out of the synagogues. Now, for us, we would say, you have any Christian friends that tell you to take, that tell you to take your Christianity too seriously? You know, you're taking it too seriously. You know, with Bible stuff. You know, just be nice. That's all, God, that's all Jesus wants you to be is nice. That's all, just be nice. Do I ever have anybody tell you that? You want to punch him in the nose, right? <laughs> I don't want to be Nice. For they will put you out of the synagogues. Again, we'll say it's Christians that mock you. Yes, they, yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God service. They're like, oh, I'm, I'm helping you see Christianity the right way. Now look at verse 3 very carefully. And these things they will do to you, and these are religious people, because they have not known the Father nor me. God says, they might appear religious to you. I go to church seven days a week. (laughs) They might appear religious to you. Jesus says, they're not my children. Jesus says, they don't know me and they don't know my father. Ask people the definition of being what a Christian is. This is not what they're going to tell them. Right here, we have one of Jesus' definitions. You know the Father through Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible teaches. Why do you say you're a Christian? I go to church. You know the old thing, man. Walking into McDonald's, don't make you a hamburger. That doesn't mean anything. He says, you have to know the Father, you have to know me. And these people who are acting this way, they don't know me. That's why they're doing what they do. Verse 4, very important. But these things I have told you, that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. Jesus is honest with them. He's honest with you and me to get us ready for when the time comes. And for some of you, the time is right now. Right now. Then he adds for the apostles, and these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. So the days were dark in Daniel's time, as they will be for the people who lived 2,000 years before Jesus, 400 years after Daniel. But in the days of Jesus, it's going to get even worse. But that darkness is the hope for the world and for every follower of Jesus. But in the first century, people desecrated, violated, disrespected the person of God himself to the point of killing him on a cross. That was a dark day. That's when the enemy of humanity, and I don't mean humanity's enemy, I mean humanity is the enemy of God. That is the day humanity and all of us were, were involved. The Jewish people put him on trial. The Romans t- killed him because they did it. The world was divided into Jew and Gentile. Everybody's to blame. They crucified the creator, yet God's plan moved on. Three days later, what happened three days later? Can I sing? It's a bright, 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 sunshiny day. (laughs) Three days later, Jesus Christ rose from the dead, and from back then, even to now, he is turning rebels and enemies of God into friends of Jesus Christ. And here is the thing. In the book of Acts, they throw Stephen's clothes down at the feet of one called Saul, who becomes the greatest gospel preacher the world has ever known, conquering really, the, you know, going throughout the entirety, as much of, most of the Roman Empire. You never know who it's going to be. And so if you see yourself as a rebel, an enemy of God, and turned if you're a follower of Jesus and you see yourself that way, you are in a very, very good place. Because on the cross, the wrath of God against against sin was poured out on Jesus Christ, and his resurrection from the dead guarantees all will end well for every follower of Jesus, everyone who puts their trust in him. Yes there is difficulty along the way. Sometimes great difficulty along the way. But in the end, you have to make one of two choices. It's only one of two choices. Will you be a child of God or will you be an enemy of God? How do you know the difference? Enemies trust in themselves. Again, many of them look very religious. In fact, their religiosity is what they're trusting in. Oh, I trust Jesus and that I'm a good person. What is that? Syncretism. That is mixing what God says with what the culture says. Exactly what the Jews were doing. But for a child of God, someone who puts their trust in Jesus Christ, they give their heart and life, as Jesus did, to those he loves Friends, I just want to leave you with this. Trusting in Jesus is for much more than just for eternal life. It's much more than just for trusting him for forgiving our sins. It's also trusting Jesus in the midst of our own personal darkness. It's even trusting Jesus in the midst of profound disappointment it's trusting Jesus in the midst of great failures. It's trusting Jesus in the midst of success. It's trusting Jesus in the midst of wonderful times. It's trusting Jesus in, the, in what you may perceive as, as the darkness of our culture. Not all is bad. There's a lot of really good stuff going on in the world. But there's a lot of dark stuff too. But we trust Jesus with that. We trust Jesus with Attacks on our faith. Even when they come from places we never, ever thought they were going to come from. Trusting Jesus is trusting in his timing. And giving thanks for all he has offered us for simply putting our trust in him. So let me ask you this question. Maybe it's a dark day for you. Can you see it? Can, can, you, can you see it a day when the rains are gone? Can you, can you see it when the darkness of this world is going to be gone? Can you see a bright, sunshiny day in the kingdom of heaven when our king returns and he rules and reigns And can you see what a glorious day that will be for all eternity? I hope today you just catch a little tiny glimpse of it. And tomorrow and the next day. And may it fuel your walk with Jesus Christ.
0: Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love brings you the great hope of the gospel to equip you to reach others with this transforming message. In a world filled with fear and mistrust, Pastor Jim provides the path to freedom in a clear and transparent style. Changed by Love needs your help to reach thousands, including your friends and neighbors. Find out the ways you can team financially with Changed by Love by visiting our website at changedbyloveradio.org or call 862-217-9686. Pastor Jim would love to hear your story and how Changed by Love has impacted your life or someone you know. Your encouragement goes a long way. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.